We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, January the 19th, 2021. On today's show, it is officially game day. Gamecocks basketball traveling to Columbia, Missouri, looking to avenge Saturday's loss in Baton Rouge to LSU as they take on the Missouri Tigers. I'll break down the game in its entirety. We'll talk Mizzou, top storylines, Missouri players to watch for, keys to the game, give my prediction, much, much more. Also, folks, let me be the first to wish you a very happy one month from opening day as we sit here on January the 19th, officially one month until the start of Gamecocks baseball. We're starting it off, we're kicking it off with the baseball content position unit previews beginning today. I'll break down the Gamecocks starting pitchers going in the 2021 season, including the key losses, key returners, most approved, best overall. Season will be successful if, give my overall grade, much, much more. We get a packed show here on a Tuesday, folks, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention the companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company, by the way. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone in the crew is just invested in the success of the project as you are. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service, guys. They offer end-to-end packing services custom creating and packaging for special items and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville natives and University of South Carolina alumni, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. And of course, if you have any questions, you want to find out more about them, go to their website, Upstate upstatemoversgroup.com that is upstatemoversgroup.com the show is also brought to you by our friends over at my bookie guys it's that time of year divisions are decided champions are crowned legends are born it's the nfl playoffs and boy they have been great to this point thus far guys you've waited you've watched all year as your team rose to the top or fell to the bottom but now it's your turn to win big guys you've heard the name just about everywhere my bookie they're the industry's leading online sportsbook and casino and it's not hard to understand why with thousands of lines to bet on all your favorite sports nfl nba college ball check check and check hey mma and soccer hey, there's a big fight this weekend you can bet on that too they've got all the latest odds period take advantage of my bookies prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run throw and touchdown 
is another chance to put cash in your pocket. Guys, you can visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000 just by using the promo code GAMECOX. That's promo code GAMECOX when you make your first deposit. And guys, the best part is this. They make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit instantly, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go on your laptop, your phone, whatever it is, it's not never too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid, bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. Let's get it. Guys, I'm Chris Phillips, host the Spurs Up Show. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're having a fantastic day. And thank goodness we are finally back in the studio. It feels good. Had a great vacation with the family going down to Florida. Felt great, really warm, had a good time going to the theme parks, all that good stuff. But we are back in studio. And guys, if you cannot tell from the intro and right now, I'm freaking fired up. Like I am genuinely, I, I, I am pumped to talk to you guys today. Number one, we're back in the studio. I'm not having to hold the mic up to my face. I don't know if you guys could tell the difference in the audio or anything, but sitting in that condo, holding the mic up to my face, it was interesting. We've got the stand here now. It's more convenient. I got my arms free. We're all good. You know what I mean? We're back in the studio. We're back on home soil. We're back at the content creation factory. And what better way to get things really, really going this week, because I know we're all coming off of the holiday and stuff like that and kind of coming back. And I'm sure a lot of you are getting back in the office. And I'm sure a lot of you are hung over. And I saw a lot of my friends that were going out, going crazy on Sunday because no work Monday and all that good stuff. But what a way to come back and get back on the saddle. Then, hey, folks, it's basketball game day. And again, like I said in the intro, let me be the first to wish you a very happy one month until opening day. The countdown is officially on 31 days until first pitch, 31 days until the Gamecocks take the field when toe hits rubber, bat meets ball. I, for one, am excited, and the baseball content comes to you guys starting today. Very, very pumped to talk about guys again. We got a game tonight as well. Gamecocks taking the Missouri Tigers. Um, one other quick note, something I meant to mention on yesterday's show, but I want to make sure I highlight this because I want to give my guy his just due. But if you did not, uh, if you did not see already, I had a phenomenal conversation. I had the opportunity to talk to my friend Sean Daniel, who has a podcast called Insightful Interviews, um, and really a brand, if you will, a media entity. But it's called Insightful Interviews, and he interviews different people who are doing uh, different things, pretty dope stuff. And, and I was great, you know, I was lucky enough, if you will, uh, blessed enough to be asked by Sean to go on his show. And it's been shared across social media. And you guys have probably seen it. Um, but if you have not, just check out my social media, check out the Spurs Up show, check out his social media, insightful interviews, check it out on YouTube. The full interview is on YouTube. Really good stuff. And it, it was, like I said, it was a, it's, it truly was a blessing and a great opportunity to sit down with Sean and talk about things outside of the Gamecocks when it comes to my personal life, business life, really my entire story of how 
the Spurs Up show, where we are today, how it came to be. So if you guys want to learn a little bit more about me, there's a lot of things in there that I think a lot of people did not know a lot about. Um, so if you do want to learn more about me for any reason whatsoever, that interview is up. And again, I just want to give Sean that shout out. Insightful interviews is the title. Again, he's going to be interviewing a lot more people, a lot of great creatives, a lot of great people that are, have overcome adversity and are doing really great things in life in general. So want to give a, a shout out to Sean Daniel. Good friend of mine had a great conversation. Again, just truly, truly a blessing, man. Truly a blessing, and I and I feel so grateful towards him that he even ha thought about having me uh, on the airwaves with him. We had a great conversation here in studio as well. And again, check him out. Insightful interviews uh, with Sean Daniel. All right, like I said, we got a lot to get into. Without further delay, let's dive into it. It is game day for Gamecocks men's basketball. South Carolina traveling to Columbia, Missouri at Mizzou Arena to take on the Tigers. Seven o'clock tip tonight on SEC Network. Missouri coming in this one. I was a little bit surprised at the spread. Uh, Missouri, a six-point favorite, over/under set at one forty-two and a half. Now, when you take a look at Mizzou, they are eight and two overall, two and two in the SEC. I think what may be happening with South Carolina, they're not getting quite as much love simply because they just haven't played as many games, and I don't think Vegas really knows what the roster is going to look like for the Gamecocks. You take a look again. Keep diving into Mizzou, though. Their head coach, Quanzo Martin, really, really good coach, one of the more respected guys in college basketball. Uh, as a team, they're averaging 71.5 points per game, holding opponents to 66.3 points per game. So definitely a contrast from what we saw over the weekend in Baton Rouge. This is a team that's going to play a lot more defense, a lot more lockdown defense. They don't have quite the... The electric shooters that LSU have, but a much better team defensively, I would say. But they are shooting 45% from the field, just 27% from three, though, but 45% from the field. So when they do get their chances, they generally convert. I mean, that's a pretty solid clip, if you ask me. Here's the stat, though, that I thought really, really stood out. Minus 1.8 in the turnover margin. I think they're averaging almost 14 turnovers a game, minus 1.8 turnover margin. So trouble taking care of the basketball for Missouri. Can South Carolina exploit that? With that, let's move into the top storylines. We have to start somewhat off the court, if you will. This is on the court, but kind of off the court. But really, guys, without further ado, Frank Martin is back. Frank Martin's back. Let's go. Coach Martin back on the sidelines for South Carolina basketball after sit, ha having to sit out with COVID-related issues. Um, really good to get Coach Martin back. You know, John Rothstein obviously had his comments after the game on Saturday just about how he felt about this Gamecocks basketball team when they get Frank Martin. Again, Bruce Shingler doing a fantastic job Saturday in Baton Rouge. But to have your head man back, to have your guy back, and we all know the energy and the intensity and the emotion that Frank Martin brings to every single game. That's infectious. It spreads to his basketball team. So I fully expect the return of Frank Martin to have a real positive impact on this Gamecocks basketball team. How much of an impact? Does it lead South Carolina to a victory? Do we see them play much differently? Because, again, I think the Gamecocks in the last game played fairly well. Does it eliminate the late game troubles that we saw on Saturday? Because that, that was something, again, I, I don't think people – really locked in and focused on it. And I saw people after the game saying, oh, yeah, well, this is Martin's team. Why did Frank do that? I'm like, guys, Frank was not coaching Saturday. Like, I know people might think that, like, he had an earpiece in Coach Shingler's ear and he's sitting there telling him. Like, no, I don't think he was. Dude, he was sitting on his couch watching the game on TV. Like, what did, what did Frank Martin do? If, if anything, the absence of Frank Martin had a major negative impact on this Gamecocks basketball team, in my opinion. So, again, getting Frank Martin back 
What type of impact does that have for Carolina, and does it spell success for South Carolina on the road? My next top storyline, guys, and I kind of said this after the Missouri game, and I look at this game because I I go back and forth on it because that spread came out Missouri minus six. And so you think to yourself, according to Vegas, this is not a game you're supposed to win. According to Vegas, you should not win this game. But I also talked about after LSU, we saw the potential in this basketball team. There's no question. I, I really do believe it's a tournament team. I, I really do. When you look at the roster, you look at the talent top to bottom, no excuse, no reason why this team should not be in the tournament. But my question is this, and again, one of the top storylines in this game, is this a must win for South Carolina? Is it too early? And I hate to abuse the term must win because I, I know that term is overused. I know it is. But seriously, you know, I talked about, again, after LSU, the importance of this one tonight in the fact that you had a great win over A&M to start SEC play. You go on the road to LSU, and you were the better basketball team for 35 minutes, flat out. I mean, you should have won that game off that 35 minutes. You didn't close. You can live with that loss at LSU in a game that you let get away if you rebound and you don't let that LSU loss linger and beat you twice. And again, I don't really give a damn what the spread says. I think South Carolina matches up very well with Missouri. And I think it's a game South Carolina should be expecting to win. And I think it's just a game they need. Because again, you go on the road tonight and you win this one. And you get that confidence back. You get that mojo. And you say, hey, you know what? We didn't have our head coach. We had a double-digit layoff. You know, that, 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 was, that was a one-off. That, that's not who we are as a team. We know we're a really good basketball team. We just got this dub here. We bounce back. We're 2-1 and one in the SEC. Boom. But if you lose this one tonight in Missouri, I just think the questions start to circulate around this team. And you know the fan reaction, what it's going to be if you lose this game. You fall to 1-2. and two. Oh, woe is me. Here we go again. And again, this is a team that every game is important. You're trying to make the tournament. You've already missed, what, seven, eight games you haven't played? Is it too early in the season to call this game a must win? And like I said, I hate to abuse that phrase, but I really do believe this is one you need to have badly. I mean, it's on the line to me of a must win game for this team, for this team in this year. This feels like one you really have got to have. So another big thing for me I'll be watching for, you know, we've talked about him a lot. I know a lot of Gamecock fans were really excited when uh, the the local product, 7th Woods, announced he was returning or was transferring to South Carolina from UNC, if you will. Uh, simply put, he's had a rough go of it. Does this Is this the game that 7th Woods finally gets going for South Carolina? Because, again, I, I, really, I had realistic expectations when it came to 7th Woods as far as the impact he was going to have for South Carolina this year. And I've got a really good buddy of mine that is a diehard UNC basketball fan. And he told me, Chris, don't get too excited. I mean, he was very critical of Seventh Woods. He said, don't get too excited. He's not a very good player. He's, he's not going to have a great impact for you guys. And I, I didn't buy into it. I didn't listen to him. And I'm not trying to beat up on the guy. I understand Seventh is, is adjusting, whatever. You know, he's playing a lot more probably than he ever has. But it, it's, simply put, it's been a very rough last two games. I mean, very, very rough. And again, I did not have crazy high expectations like some people, but I mean, my God. It has been tough to watch at times. We know the talents there. There's a reason this dude was the player he was coming out of high school. There's a reason South Carolina wanted him so badly. 
is this because I feel like there's going to be that game at some point this year. There's going to be that that seventh Woods game where we see his potential really shine and come out. Is this the game where seventh finally gets it going for the game, Gosh, Because that would be a huge boost. I mean, you've already got some guys playing some really good ball, and um, and, and they're still finding ways to you know beat A and M, and you almost beat LSU. And you've still got this team playing really, really good ball. But if you add in Seventh Woods to that, if you can find a way to get Seventh Woods going, man, it is going to be a huge shot in the arm for this Gamecocks basketball team. Another top storyline for me, a guy who had a career night the other night in Baton Rouge, Keyshawn Bryant, 26 points on the road. What a game. Hadn't played all season first game of the year. What does Keyshawn do for an encore because again I think that was just scratching the surface for Keyshawn Bryant again I, I said this a couple of weeks ago the great thing about this basketball team and Keyshawn that that game to the night showed it with Keyshawn it, it, it's not just one guy like you don't have to go into every game relying and say hey if, if AJ Lawson doesn't have a great game we're not going to win well no that's just not the case I mean you have other guys hey Jermaine Kuznard hasn't even gone off yet Justin Manaya hasn't even gone off yet Wilden's Levesque and McCreary assuming he's back they haven't even really gone off yet but what does Keyshawn Bryant do for an encore for South Carolina? Because I, I think that's what you saw. That's the type of playmaker he can be for the Gamecocks. I mean, seriously, that's the type of player he can be. He's super long. He's super athletic. He is the human highlight reel. What does he do for an encore in Columbia, Missouri? Because certainly they're going to need him to play well at Mizzou Arena tonight. My final storyline. And again, I hate to bring it up, but we have to ask the question. What does the roster look like? heading into this game tonight in Columbia, Missouri. Again, Frank Martin's back. Thank goodness, Frank Martin back from the COVID protocol. But what does the roster look like? Is South Carolina playing with a full deck in this one? Do you get a guy like Jalen McCurry back? You know, what? And I think for the most part, though, when you saw the last game, the roster wasn't nearly as much of an issue because you had, like I said, you had Keyshawn Bryant back. TJ Moss was still playing. Trey Hannibal was playing. You had your bench. But... I think getting a guy like McCreary back, I mean, you saw the impact he had in that A&M game. I mean, incredible. Getting Alonzo Frank back. What does the roster look like? And hopefully, God forbid, you don't lose anybody else. So, seeing how that roster has been impacted by COVID, hopefully, again, hopefully the worst is behind us. Hopefully, you have a full team playing for you tonight against the Tigers. Let's talk about some Missouri players to watch for, players that Gamecock fans need to keep an eye on. We'll start at the guard position. we got to start talking about Drew Smith. The senior, this guy, what a player. Leads the team in shooting percentage and three-point percentage. He's averaging 11.7 points per game, guys. He is an absolute threat, a shooting threat from the floor. Shooting 46%, excuse me, 45% from the floor. Shooting 36% from three. This dude can make it rain on you. Who is going to be that guard for South Carolina that locks down? Is it A.J. Lawson? Is it Jermaine Kuznard? And we've seen South Carolina's guards play very, very well But you saw some defensive breakdowns, I thought, against LSU. You saw some defensive breakdowns, especially on the outside. Drew Smith, a guy, and again, being that senior leader, that's the guy you've got to watch for. He's one of those guys that really makes this thing tick for Mizzou. Another big senior for Mizzou, another player to watch for, Jeremiah Tillman, the big man down low, 7.8 rebounds per game. He leads the team in that category and leads the team down low with its inside presence. Again, that matchup with him, Wildens, Levesque, McCreary, whoever it is, that's going to be a big one to watch. You cannot lose on the boards and win basketball games in this league. You got to find a way. And something I saw again with the LSU game as well, a lot of second chance points for LSU. You got to eliminate that. You got to eliminate that. You're you're just putting yourself in a terrible position 
when you're allowing the opposition to get second chances. Because most often, they're going to make that second shot, bottom line. And the final Missouri player to watch for, Xavier Pinson. Xavier Pinson, a guard, 14 points per game, is leading the Missouri team. Again, really, really good guard play on this Mizzou team. A solid basketball team. Like I said, they're not 8-2 and two by accident. This is a really solid basketball team. You know, again, it's going to come down to which team's guards play better in this one. Xavier Pinson, definitely one of those guys. Again, their leading scorer, I got to watch for for sure. All right, let's move into the keys of the game. What does South Carolina need to do to avenge Saturday's loss at LSU and get a win tonight in Columbia? Let's start. Again, I've mentioned a lot defensively. And I thought what you saw the first, like I said, 30 minutes or so on Saturday at LSU, that was Frank Martin basketball to a T. Tough physical defense. I mean, they made life hell on LSU shooters, bottom line. A traveling defense. That's the first key to the game for me. Bringing that tenacity, bringing that energy, bringing that toughness, bringing that defense on the road. And again, you've got Frank Martin back now, so you have no excuse. But defense, like in every sport, it seems, because I've said this about football too, defense travels. Great defense travels. You can win on the road with a great defense can those guys lock down yet again? Because, again, you're not facing the offensive juggernaut you faced in Baton Rouge. This is a little bit more manageable of a task. Could be a really good defensive night for the Gamecocks tonight. Another key to the game for me. I talked about earlier one of the key stats in this one, the turnover margin for Missouri. Minus 1.8 turnover margin for Missouri. That is terrible. My second key to the game, protect the basketball. Protect it. Don't give – I mean, obviously Missouri has shown – they're going to give you a few gifts. They're just going to. They are apt to turn it over. Don't return the favor. You know what I mean? They say that type of stuff is infectious. The game can get sloppy. It can get both sides get sloppy. You know what I mean? Don't allow it to happen. Protect the basketball. Take what Missouri gives you. Capitalize off their mistakes, but protect it at all costs on your end. I think that'll pay off big dividends for the Gamecocks. And finally, my final key to the game, again, we saw in Baton Rouge on Saturday a really, really good basketball team for 35 minutes, and the last five minutes it all fell apart. Again, what do you attribute that, attribute that to? Is it a team not fully in basketball shape? Is it because you didn't have your head coach? Did you simply just play poorly? Did you not have the right guys in for the last five minutes? My final key to the game is play a full 40. Play a full 40. Play a full game start to finish. You're going to like the results, I think. Play a full 40. You can't take the first five minutes of the game off. You can't take the last five. You can't take the middle five. None of it. You got to play a full 40. You got to. If you want to get a win, especially on the road in the SEC, because it's much harder to win the road. We all know that. You got to play a full 40 in this league. So, again, my key is the game of traveling defense, protect the basketball, and play a full 40, which leads us to my prediction for the game tonight, South Carolina, again, taking on the Missouri Tigers. This is a big one. This is a big one, y'all. There's no other way to put it. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the term must win because it's literally the third conference game. Um, you know, I'm hesitant to use the term must win, but this one is pretty damn big. You know, you go in this one with the nasty taste that LSU lost, one you feel like you should have had. Missouri... I know they're a six-point favorite. I understand they're eight and two, two and two in the league, but I don't view them as the juggernaut that maybe I, I guess even Vegas sees. And I know that it's tough for Vegas to judge these teams right now because you know South Carolina hasn't played a ton of games. You know everything's a crapshoot this year. Everything is just guessing at this point. Missouri, not the offensive juggernaut you saw in Baton Rouge. Really, really good defensively. I think this game actually sets up really well for South Carolina. 
And again, I think what you saw for the first 35 minutes of the LSU game is who South Carolina is, not the last five. I feel really good for whatever reason going in this game tonight. Again, getting Frank Martin back. Getting Frank Martin back, I think, is so key for this group of guys. I think I think it's so key. I think it's so key. Having him back on the sideline is going to inject a different type of energy in this group. I think you're not going to see the late game, quote unquote, collapse, if you will. I think you're not going to see the late game mistakes and blunders. And I think South Con defensively, you saw again, you've seen what they've done the first two SEC games. I think you're going to see even more of that tonight. I think this Gamecocks defense is getting after Mizzou all game long, and they ride a great defensive effort to get the win over the Tigers in Columbia, Missouri. Give me South Carolina 72, Mizzou 66. I don't know what it is, guys. For whatever reason, I feel good. And I don't know if that's a bad thing because I know a lot of you are saying, Chris, pick us to lose. Pick us to lose. Every time I pick us to lose, it seems like good things happen. But I don't know, man. I feel good. I feel good about this one. I think this is a game the Gamecocks should win. I think it's one they should expect to win. And I think it's one they really, 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 really need. I think it's one they really got to have. And so we'll see if it can happen. I know it can. And I know South Carolina has the team to do it. Um, and again, the return of Frank Martin, as long as you've got your full roster, as long, even if you just roll with the guys you had on Saturday, I think you've got more than enough to get the win. So again, give me South Carolina 72, Missouri 66, tip off at seven o'clock tonight. Guys, quick reminder, by the way, we will have a pregame show, the Daily Crow pregame show, six to six thirty, taking your questions, comments, breaking everything down tonight before South Carolina takes on the Missouri Tigers. Should be a lot of fun. All right, guys, let's move into some baseball content. One month until first pitch one month until opening day guys anyone who knows me knows how freaking fired up i am we got to start again we're doing the positioning at previews anybody who's followed me long enough is very very familiar with these i'll go down and break down this group of guys we got to start with the starting pitchers of course we got to start with the horses in the stable your dudes who you're going to ride all season long in the sec we got to start with the gamecock starting pitchers in 2021 let's get after it and first We'll start with the key losses. And what you're going to notice about this group of guys, it's really exciting because you don't lose all that much. I mean, yes, you lose your Friday night guy in Carmen Majinski. And the weird thing about Carmen Majinski's career, though, is this. We never, and it's, it's really no fault of his own, we never got to see Carmen Majinski go throughout a full SEC season. And when you think about that and thinking about the fact he was a first-round draft pick, that should tell you guys just how good of a prospect he was. Like, bro, he didn't even pitch a full SEC season and got drafted in the first round. Absolutely insane. But you do lose Carmen Majinski, so you got to replace your Friday night guy. And anytime you have to do that, it is a major storyline. You also lose TJ Shook, who did not start a game last year. But again, what did you play, like 12 games? I, mean, we, I think TJ probably would have been a midweek starter for you. I know he bounced around between the bullpen. The starting rotation started a lot in 2019. I'm listing him with the starters. I may list him with the relievers as well, but he is a loss. But really, the main, really only the main loss. You only lost one guy to your weekend rotation. That is Carmen Majinski. And that leads us to the key returners because anytime, if you're only losing one guy, even when it's a guy like Carmen, you feel pretty good about yourself. And you talk about these key returners. Two-thirds of your weekend rotation is back. Thomas Farr and Brandon Jordan, both the righties. Fantastic stuff. I'm going to get more into Farr in just a second. Julian Bosnick is back. Andy Peters is back. John Gilreath is back. 
and these are the main starters. There's a ton of dudes that are newcomers that are guys who maybe could have started last year that did not. You feel pretty good about the depth right now, the pitching depth. And again, I'm not even talking newcomers. Newcomers, you think about a guy like Mag Cotto, who I think is going to have a major impact from the left side, throwing 95 miles an hour. Great stuff. We've heard a lot. I mean, and I mean a lot about him in preseason camp, especially in the fall. Really excited for him. But you get two thirds of that starting rotation back in Thomas Farr and Brandon Jordan. And that to me, is the big storyline, and that's what South Carolina is going to ride all season long as they go throughout SEC play. Let's talk about most to prove for the starting pitchers. Most to prove for the Gamecocks starting pitchers. And I mean, listen, basically all these guys have something to prove, uh, you know, especially the, the, the two weekend guys. They threw a lot of good innings, but, again, did not get to see them in SEC play. But when you're talking most to prove, I got to go with Thomas Farr. Again, anytime it's a new guy taking over that Friday night role, you know, you ask guys who pitch. You know, we, we talked to Adam Hill on the podcast. I think it was like a year and a half ago or so. We talked to Adam about going from starting on Sunday to starting on Friday and the difference in that and how much different it is. It's a mentality. It's a mindset. I mean, listen, Friday nights in the SEC, you're probably facing a first-rounder. You're definitely facing a major league arm. You're facing a pro ball arm. You're facing a guy probably on the other side throwing 93 to 96, probably even sometimes harder, great stuff. You're going to have to have your nastiest shit to give your team a chance to win. Thomas Farr has got to be that guy. And again, love his stuff. Absolutely love his stuff. He's my most approved, and he's my best overall, by the way, not to jump too far ahead, for that reason. This is a guy who has that stuff. He has the makeup of a big-time Friday night guy. And you look at his stats, because again, if you remember last year, Thomas Farr started in the bullpen, but then got moved to the starting rotation. And this is what he did as a starter, by the way. He went 3-0 with a 1.72 ERA, 15 and two-thirds innings pitched, gave up just six hits, four runs, three earned, five walks, and 14 strikeouts. Hitters hit just 113 against him. Now, again, like I said, he's got a ton to prove because, again, you're taking over that Friday night role. You got to be the dude. You got to be the guy. There's no way around it, okay? There's no way around it. For the longest time, the last couple of years, I think that's something that South Carolina has kind of missed. You know, again, with Majinski in 2019 going down with the injury, um, you had that last year, didn't get to see it. But that's something that you just simply have to have if you're going to realistically compete and be a team that's, I don't know, hosting a regional that has the type of season we all want to see. Thomas Farr, to me, no doubt, most approved. But again, let's talk best overall, and that is, again, Thomas Farr. I got to list Thomas Farr yet again. This dude's stuff is nasty. His stuff is nasty. I got to see him pitch last year in person. We all watched him pitch against Clemson last year. And did he have his best stuff? No. The biggest thing will be control for Thomas Farr because if he's filling the zone, my goodness, it is a show. 96 to 97 with the fastball. Electric breaking stuff. Really plus changeup. This dude's got three or four big-time pitches. And knowing Skylar Mead, heck, he's probably got a cutter too. So Thomas Farr, to me, most approved, yes, but also yes, best overall when you take a look at purely the stuff I mean we're talking a guy that could have went to the draft last year him and Jordan both by the way could have went the draft last year 
and decided to come back. And that was a huge plus for this Gamecocks pitching staff. I'm so excited to see what Thomas Farr has in store for this year. I think this is a dude, folks. And, again, I don't know if you listening, uh, if you're a baseball junkie or not, if you're just a casual Gamecock baseball fan, whatever it is, if you're not familiar with the name Thomas Farr, not quite as familiar, you only saw him pitch a couple of times last year. Maybe you didn't see him pitch at all. Because some people I know maybe just don't even tune in until the SEC gets going. But if you only saw him pitch once or twice or you're not even familiar, Thomas Farr is going to be a name that you know very well by the end of the season. This dude has the chance, in my opinion, to be sneaky one of the best Friday night guys in the SEC. And again, there's a ton of them now. Don't get me wrong. There's a ton of them. But I'm just saying I think Thomas Farr can hold his own with any of them. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch for Gamecock fans. All right, let's move into season will be successful if. What will deem a successful season for the, for the South Carolina starting pitchers? And for me, and I went back and forth on this because, heck, man, I, I think if Thomas Farr's that dude, I think it's going to be a pretty damn good year because I feel really good about Brandon Jordan and I feel really good about the options behind him to find the third starter. But to me, that's what it comes back to. The season will be successful if – the Gamecocks can find a consistent third starter in the rotation. Who is that third guy going to be? We've heard Julian Bosnick. We've heard Mag Cotto. Both of those guys, lefties, I think going righty, lefty, righty on the weekend will be a fantastic rotation for South Carolina and Mark Kingston to have. But finding that guy, because again, I, I, I think that Thomas Farr is going to pan out and have a really good year. I love what I saw from Brandon Jordan last year. Guy, extremely repeatable delivery, has a downward action, throws downhill very much so, makes it really tough on hitters, and he is a strike thrower and a bulldog. I thought the game that really defined Brandon Jordan last year was that Clemson game at Clemson when he started against them. And again, it's the rubber match. All the pressure is on. Did he have his best stuff? And I think if you asked him, he'd say this. No, I don't think Brandon Jordan had his best stuff at Clemson, but he threw five and a third of one run ball. And I mean, that's not having his best stuff. And that's the type of pitcher he is. Even when he doesn't have his A game, he's a battler out there. He's a flat out battler and a competitor. And you love what you saw. So again, I feel really good about what Thomas Farr and Brandon Jordan bring to the table. But who is that third guy? Again, we saw a little bit of Julian Bosnick last year. And again, from what I've heard, he's made a really, really big jump. Had four appearances last year. 2-0, 0 ERA, didn't give up a run in six and two-thirds innings pitched. Um, and again, Mag Cotto, I've talked about the talented freshman throwing 95 miles an hour from the left side. Finding that third guy. Because I think that's really what separates the okay good teams from the legit great teams, if you will. And I'm not, I'm not saying South Carolina is a great team in the sense of like they're one of the top eight to go to Omaha this year. I don't want to get fans' expectations too out of whack. But this pitching staff, I mean, this starting rotation, I've talked a lot about this Gamecocks pitching staff this offseason. I feel damn good about them. I feel damn good about the depth. And you're going to have plenty of options for that third guy in the rotation. So I don't know who it's going to be yet. But if you can find that consistent guy, Man, what a boost it's going to be to a weekend rotation that's already in a really, really good spot. Exciting stuff for sure. All right, let's move into the overall grade. And again, I told you guys, I'm excited for this crop of guys. I really am. I, I really am. I, I've said it all offseason. I think for the first time in quite a while, you know, I feel as good as I've felt about Gamecocks pitching in quite some time. And to navigate the SEC weekend after weekend after weekend, you got to have guys that have great stuff and that throw hard. I mean, just bottom line. You just got to throw hard. I know a lot of us are, are Braves fans, and we remember the days of Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox and Kevin Millwood and uh, Mike Hampton and just the, all these other guys, right? 
guys, it's not like that anymore. You, you can't make a living throwing 87. You just can't do it. I mean, that's just the reality of baseball. Anybody who watches baseball can tell you that. But again, I think for the first time in a while, when you look at the depth, South Carolina has got a number of arms to throw out there that have great stuff and throw gas. And again, when it's led by Thomas Farr and Brandon Jordan, when you've got, when you've got two-thirds of your starting rotation back and both, the, and both of these guys, they're not slouches. These are legitimate arms. These are big-time ball players. I'm giving the starting pitchers for South Carolina A-. minus. I, I really feel good. It, it would be an A-plus, honestly, if you had that third guy, which, again, it's a rarity that an SEC team comes into a year and they got all three guys. I mean, these are these are programs that are losing guys to the draft and whatever and what they have you. They're going pro. I mean, you know. So South Carolina is in a very familiar position or a very common position amongst other SEC teams. But I give them an A minus again. Thomas Farr definitely has something to prove. Brandon Jordan, heck, he's got something to prove. All these guys do because again, you don't have the luxury of other SEC teams like you think about a Vanderbilt with Kumar Rocker and, and Jack Leiter, guys who have pitched in big time SEC games who have shown they can do it. They've already done it. Thomas Farr and Jordan haven't yet, but you feel good about them. You feel good about their games. You feel good about their stuff. I feel good about this rotation as a whole, and I think South Carolina will be able to find that third guy. And again. I think for the first time in a while, you you truly, really have the pitching to go weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend in this in this league and compete at the highest level and actually give yourself a true chance to win. So again, overall grade and A minus. I feel really, really good about the Gamecocks starting pitchers this year in the 2021 season. With that being said, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, I'm fired up here on a Tuesday, guys. Happy game day to you all. Happy one month to opening day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really exciting stuff tonight. Like I said, don't forget to tune in. Tip off at 7. Pre-game show, 6 to 6.30. The Daily Crow pre-game show, 6 to 6.30, airing on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You guys, be sure to tune in. Uh, normal schedule now. I'm back in the studio. I'm back in Columbia. I'm back on home soil. The Daily Crow today through Friday, noon to 1. Uh, the podcast, of course, through Friday. We got a game on Saturday as well, pregame show 11 to 11.30. You guys stay tuned for everything. Thank you so much for the love support. Thank you for tuning in. Now, go Cox, beat Missouri, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much, guys. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. 
For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.